Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Politics Show Pubcast. Uh, It's going to be brief. It's just me and Ava, but we are doing it because uh, the unnamed BBC presenter of this week has been named. Uh, it's Hugh Edwards. I'm joined by Ava Santina. Ava, hello. Good morning. Glad to have you with us. And yeah, it is a good morning. I mean, you've been you've been pretty busy already, haven't you? Yeah. The way that we've opened this is sort of like, do you know like two disgraced presenters <laughs> are like about to do an apology video or something yeah. like that? Yeah. It, it feels like that. The YouTube title is like, we need to talk. And, yeah. and then it's like a thumbnail of the vlogger and maybe her husband sort of either crying or looking deeply embarrassed and ashamed. And a ukulele. Yeah, yeah. What would I, at risk of derailing before we did this really <laughs> serious conversation, what do you think, like, in the future, if, you know, let's say you transition to being a vlogger, which I think you probably will, you know, like big lifestyle influencer, like commanding the political discourse just from your living room, smashing it. What you mean you I'll never get hired again? No, I think by choice. I think by choice. No, no. Obviously, people want to hire you. I mean, and actually, I know um, you'll be stuck in your living room. Bastani says this all the time about his um, Navara colleagues. Like, how does no? How has no one poached you guys yet? And I feel very similar about sort of you and Ed. It um, boggles my mind sometimes. I think you guys are really good at what you do, and I don't. I don't uh, understand why the people haven't got you yet, but well, we like to we, we like it here, Ollie. What I was we implying like was that by choice you would become an influencer, vlogger type person, Same. content creator, and I wanted to offer the question of what you think it would be that got you possibly like you know your your scandal, your like your apology video. What would it have to be? When people find out I'm the one writing the caption on the Politics Joe Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it was her all along. Yeah. It was her all along. Yeah. I think um, I'm most likely to probably sort of disgrace myself in a pub or a nightclub in some way. Just, really? Yeah, being just like an absolute hot mess, you know. Um, so. That made me think of that former Labour MP. Do you remember? 
who used to always be found round infernos. Yeah, okay, not like off that. Off his nuts. Not not like that. It's just quite often, you know, um chemsex. We might <laughs> Yeah, so it wouldn't be chemsex. I just I think we might cut this because it's very self-aggrandizing, but some, sometimes people ask to have photos taken with me. But that only really happens in the queue to get into a nightclub when everyone's like proper, really? yeah, properly like mash up or, you know, whatever. Um, and they're, you know, I think most of the time people, people just want to talk about politics and then if they're like battered, they're like, oh, let's have a photo. So there's like a series of photographs of me queuing up, to, for example, a recent one to get into Phonox. And like the lad was too, too spangled to actually get in. Nice. Like he was, he was gone. And so I like there's like a there's like a small library of like really like shaky blurry photos of me with people that are absolutely fucked being like hi and I think those photos could possibly uh, derail me but maybe we won't use you're that. allowed to drink yeah. yeah you're allowed to you know you're allowed to have a good time be in the queue for a nightclub you are and what a nightclub Phonox is um, anyway this is really we sort of I got told a bit you about the, that guy who used to fancy me at uni. Yeah. I'm outing him right now. Okay. Who texted me the other day to say that we sound very self-aggrandizing or self-centered or something like that. I mean, I think we are. To be yeah. Fair. Uh, it's it's uh, very rude and noted. The show is uh, the three of us just uh, chatting shit about British politics. So I think by its very nature, it is quite self-aggrandizing because it is just what we think about things. And so. this is how you lot all sound in the pub. Yeah, indeed. Um, Let's talk Hugh Edwards then. Mm. Let's let's just get straight into it. Uh, last night he was named by his wife uh, in a statement, and there were two, there were two events last night that I thought were really really uh, significant in the story. That was the first one, and the second one was the Met Police coming out and saying uh, that they would not, they were, in their view, on the strength of the evidence so far, that a crime had not been committed and they were not going to be investigating any further. Um, I'll read the statement from uh, his wife Vicky in a second. Um, I just want to also caveat everything that we talk about here, despite the fact that we, on a couple of the more recent episodes, you know, we were saying we've heard a name over and over again, and it was Hugh Edwards was the name that we were hearing. But beyond that, I don't have any kind of special insight or knowledge about this story. I don't know about the sons, the strength of the sons' evidence. Uh, I don't know about what Hugh hasn't done. We're talking just about what is sort of in the public domain. And there's been a lot of conjecture and a lot of sort of speculating about this. Um, and I think we'll try to have a conversation that's both sensitive of the issue, but also doesn't sort of go beyond the realms of what we know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that guidance for me mostly? <laughs> I'm disclaimer at it, but actually it's just a warning for you. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. All right. So I'll, let's just, so this is the statement, right, from Vicky. Um, again, I'm using her first name. I don't know her. Um, in, in light of the recent reporting regarding the quote BBC presenter, I'm making this statement on behalf of my husband, Hugh Edwards, after what has been five extremely difficult days for our family. I'm doing this primarily out of concern for his mental well-being and to protect our children. Hugh is suffering from serious mental health issues. As is well documented, he has been treated for severe depression in recent years. The events of the last few days have greatly worsened matters. He suffered another serious episode and is now receiving inpatient hospital care where he'll stay for the foreseeable future. And then because I'm reading this off the Daily Mail, I have to scroll past all of these adverts. Once well enough to do so, he intends to respond to the stories that have been published. To be clear, he was first told there were allegations being made against him last Tuesday, last Thursday, last Thursday. In the circumstances and given Hugh's condition, I would like to ask that the privacy of my family and everyone else caught up in these upsetting events is respected. I know that Hugh is deeply sorry that so many colleagues have been impacted by the recent media speculation. We hope this statement will bring that to an end. There ends 
statement. Um, okay, let's just start last night, Ava, when uh, his name came out. What were your sort of initial thoughts on the story and reaction? Who it was never shocked me, right? Because that was going, that, that was in the gossip mill for over, like what, nearly a week now. Yeah. It's been nonstop. What shocked me was that he was in hospital, was that his wife revealed who it was and that the son reneged on their original story and have, have said that they never, that I should get the, the proper statement up, but they basically yeah, said they, that they never actually said it was child uh, child photos while you're um while you're pulling that up i i think what's what's remarkable here is that we've almost basically what's happened is the sort of the the matters of two families uh the first being the young person at the center of excuse me at the center of the story their family and then hugh edwards family and basically their trouble trauma feud is playing out in the national media mm. um it, the the young person's family it, it basically seems like they're feuding and the parents have used the son uh to pursue that feud and then the young person has used their lawyers in the bbc to put their side of the case forward and then if as and i think we'll talk about this a bit more in a minute if as the met says there's no evidence of criminality taking place then what's going on there with Hugh is a matter for his family. It's not a matter, I don't think. And, you know, other people see that judgment differently. Public interest, you know, and versus what interests the public are two different things. But if Hugh Edwards has paid money in return for sexually explicit photos of someone who is of age, that's not criminal. Mm. It might his wife might have a problem with it, and that's for them. Middle England might have a problem with it. Yeah, but again, it's, yeah, they might have a problem with it. But why does it concern them? Yeah, you know? if uh, it's it's like if we were to. I agree, pal. I'm on your side, yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but if you know, if we, if we extrapolate out and just pick some random person, I won't name anyone <laughs> for the sake of, uh, well, yes, Ed Campbell. Yeah. Okay. Right. So let's say Ed Campbell uh, is a prolific OnlyFans user, mm. and in 20 years' time, he's married and. His wife is doesn't know perhaps that he's using OnlyFans and spending a lot of the household income on it. That would be a problem for them in their marriage. Yeah. Would it be a problem that deserved the front page of the Sun? I don't think it would be. Um, but anyway, you've pulled up that statement from the Sun now, so you can you can drop that. It's a very clever statement. Okay. So the Sun said that they would uh, cooperate with the BBC and that there were. Um, a dossier containing wide-ranging allegations, which they've received, and they will pass on what they can. And there's no plans to publish further allegations. Now, this is where it gets interesting. The spokesman added, we must also re-emphasize that the Sun at no point in our original story alleged criminality and also took the decision neither to name Mr. Edwards nor the young person involved in the allegations. Suggestions about possible criminality were first made at a later date by other media outlets, including the BBC. Now... This is actually where it gets really interesting because I, that's correct in their original story, they didn't. But then what was going on online? Because online, they were implying 
criminality. Very careful with the language here, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so I'll just read you this one headline on The Sun. This was on The Sun's um, website on Sunday, 9th of July. BBC sex probe. Top BBC star who paid child for sex pictures could be charged by cops and face years in prison, experts say. I'll then draw you to another one. Uh, top BBC star taken off air after paying teenager for sexual pictures. Now, this one in the Daily Mail... Stripped half naked, the BBC man was on his sofa waiting for my child to perform. Mother of youth paid 35k for sex pics by famous host tells of shock at seeing lewd image of star as man could face police probe over crimes carrying 14 year sentence. Now I'm that that is implying criminality. Mm. No doubt. Yeah. Correct to say it might not have been in the original printed publication. That is. And half the country whether you implied or did not imply, did think for a time there that this BBC presenter was a nonce. Mm. And that, that, that's abominable. Mm. Yeah, I think um, you, you're now sort of left evidentially. Do you believe the son mm. and the parents of the young person involved? There's sort of like one actor in this. Then do you believe the young person who... Identity, we don't know, speaks through their lawyers, gave a statement to the BBC. And then thirdly, the third party is the Met, is the Met Police. Now, we touched on this with um, Charlotte yesterday, which is, you know, when, when the charge rate and conviction rate, particularly uh, in, in the most egregious case, in, in the case of rape, is so low, can you trust the police, you know, as, uh, as a sort of, signifier of what is true what is correct and and you know the criminal justice system more broadly i agree that there's their performance is woeful but in lieu of any other sort of arbiter of truth yeah i.e like the court system we don't we don't we, we don't really have another alternative and if and if the police are saying that they're not pursuing you know criminal charges in this case that for me is a very clear indicator because I, you know, I stand by what I said yesterday. If the Met Police thought that someone had was in possession of indecent images of a of a, mi of a minor, or you know, not necessarily a minor, but someone who was over sixteen but below eighteen, mm. they would not hang around. They would not hang around um, in in pursuing that case. Especially not now, after lessons have been learned with previous, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, no. instances of this. No, exactly. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
You might like my interview with Sadiq Khan on our Unfiltered podcast. Just search Unfiltered wherever you're listening to this podcast. Here's a little sample. How much of this is about carving out a meaningful political legacy for you as Mayor of London? If we look back over your time as Mayor, some will say, perhaps many will say, that perhaps the defining characteristic has been serious youth violence, the Metropolitan Police's failed attempts to get a serious handle on that. We could go further and talk about the rapists, the racists, in the extreme cases, the murderers within their own ranks that the Metropolitan Police has failed to root out. What's to say that that's not going to be the defining part of your legacy as Mayor of London? Well, so I think you only start talking about legacy when you come towards the end of your, your, uh, your, your, your career. I'm really happy to talk about record. I'm the guy that called out the police. You know, I, I, remember, I remember being incredibly lonely being the guy calling out the Met Police leadership, on the one hand, you've got the Prime Minister, the Home Secretary, the Police Minister, Her Majesty Inspectorate, the Met Police Federation. On the other hand, you've got me and Londoners. Uh, and it was me that led to the former Commissioner, of course, uh, resigning. It was me that uh, you know asked for Dame Lou's Cases report, which led to some of the conclusions that, 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 that are well rehearsed in relation to institutional sexism, misogyny institutional racism and institutional homophobia in relation to, you know, record, you call it legacy. I'm the mayor under whose leadership we have now record numbers of council homes being built more time than any time since the 1970s. More homes being completed any time since the 1930s. I'm the mayor that's reduced by 50%. The toxic air in central uh, London froze fairs for uh, five years, introduced the top of fair, planted uh, more than 400,000 trees in my first you know, six years, double the amount the previous mayor planted in eight years, and I could go on. That was an excerpt of my conversation with Sadiq Khan on Unfiltered. Just search Unfiltered wherever you get your podcast. Get out of my pub! It's the Politics Show podcast. Okay, well, let's let's look at one of the other key key parties then. Let's look at, let's talk about The Sun. Mm. And I actually think I was perhaps a little bit guilty when it first came out of just taking, taking their journalism at face value. Um, go and ask the people of Merseyside, go to Liverpool and ask people about the Sun newspaper. Uh, they'll tell you uh, to not trust a word it says. They'll tell you it's a rag and they'll tell you not to buy it, um, as will lots of other people. Let's not forget, let's not forget, very recent, within living memory in the 80s, the Sun, and this was before the, the uh, Sexual Offences Act 2003 passed, which is where, you know, we were talking about the discrepancy between 16 to consent to sex, 18. Um, to sort of appear in, appear in sexual images. That's the piece of legislation that changed that, 2003. Before that, in the 80s, The Sun, on page three, printed topless photos of a woman called Sam Fox, Samantha Fox. She was 16 years old. Tits out. Mm. Fully tits out. Fine with it then. Fine with it then. And I know society's changed. The law has changed. Um, what they did then wasn't legal. But to then be kind of, um, you know... The morality police. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, page three was page three was running for a for a long time, and to be clear, you know, obviously not illegal, particularly in the mo in the most recent cases. But you know, page three ran for a long time. Page three ran for a long time. They were very ha very happy to um, financially benefit from uh, women's bodies. Mm. You know, so and they still do to some extent. Well, yeah, most tabloids do. Yeah, I mean, there's still like you know plenty plenty of like celebs in bikinis and yeah. all that kind of stuff floating around. Um, now, see, where I think this, this, this story then develops is how quickly the commentariat was to jump onto it. So Patrick Christie's, I think we might have brought this up the other day on GB News, said that parliamentary privilege should be used to name this person. Lee Anderson, the deputy chairman of the Conservative Party, said that the uh, BBC was full of perverts. Now, what, 
what is that? Mm -hmm. Everything was alleged. You didn't know who the person was in writing and you didn't know what acts they were. Imagine if someone had gone into the commons and named him as a, as a, a pervert. Yeah, yeah. Be horrific. And I, th I think you can't, I think you have to understand those um, conversations around it in the context, in the political context and also the societal context. Um, there are myriad people, in particularly in the press, the right wing, right wingers, therefore, i.e. the newspapers, who are like ideologically opposed to the existence of the BBC. Some of that is for political reasons. They don't think that there should be, you know, a state-funded broadcaster, and that's a valid political position to have. It's one I disagree with, but it's an argument you can have. And then there's the more uh, pragmatic, nakedly, nakedly practical opposition to it, which is that they can't compete with the BBC with an ad-funded business. Um, Rachel Johnson recently revealed that in a meeting with uh, Rupert Murdoch at Chequers, Boris Johnson was told by Rupert Murdoch, as Rupert, Mur Rupert Murdoch bounced Wilfred on his knee, uh, that Boris had to kill the BBC. Uh, you know, you need, to, you need to get rid of it. We can't compete with it. There are actors in our society who have absolutely no bones about capitalising on a story like this to try to undermine the BBC because it suits their political ends. Then the second part, the societal context around it is, you know, and to be absolutely clear, in no way equating, for example, this instance we're talking about with previous instances, which I'm about to mention, they are not the same thing. Philip Schofield's case that's happened very recently. And then again, these are not the same thing. But before that, Jimmy Savile. And the long shadow of that, that hangs over not just the BBC, but the British media and the British entertainment establishment, mm. it casts a very, very long shadow. And as a result of that, you can sort of uh, see where the moral panic comes from around this story. One final thing, and I'm aware I've been talking for a very long time, so I'll, I will let you speak, but I just want to say this as well. We don't know the gender of the person involved, but there is a broader um, sort of societal moral panic about older men, in the case of Hugh Edwards, sexually taking advantage of other people in society. And I think some of it, particularly in, the, in Schofield's case, is filled with latent homophobia. It is, it is identifying gay people as sexual predators, um, as well as, you know, we can talk about the, the broader context of transphobia um, and, and this kind of, yeah, moral panic about young people having sex. Um, so, yes, that's, that's sort of my piece, and I'm aware that I've spoken for a really long time. No, it's really interesting. That's actually what the Tory MP I, I was speaking to last night was saying. He was quite up in arms about it. He was talking about latent homophobia mm. and that, that being pretty pervasive in the country. Yeah. Um, people online talking about the breaking up of a marriage as if that somehow equates to paedophilia mm. is obscene yeah. and insane. Yeah. But you know as well what's quite extraordinary? You actually just did a time... If we did a timeline about all of the events that have happened over the past few days to the point of, you know, him nearly being named and outed on GB News when there was no evidence for that, that person did not know it was him. Mm. It was just a rumour. Yeah. You think about how other presenters, MPs, wanted to hang this man publicly, you know, 
in the court of public opinion. Mm. And to, you know, based on what? You're all just, you're all one, one bad political opinion from being publicly shamed. Yeah. Uh, I was, thought it was pretty undignified as well, seeing um, presenters who will remain nameless, sort of publicly encouraging the individual, Hugh, we now know it's Hugh, uh, to come forward and like name themselves because they were being accused or See, I disagree with you there. Okay, go on. I, I, um, I, I think that came out of a panic. I think there are a few of them that were being really badly tormented online. Mm. And I think you're only human at the end of the day. You expect, I mean, yeah, if that was a company that came out and said, you're putting us into disrepute, name yourself, fine. But if mm. you're just yourself and you're being called a nonce online, yeah. you just want it to stop. And perhaps you don't act in the most rational way mm. possible. Yeah. I, if I was getting those sort of accusations levied at me, I would not be... I would not be calmly saying, you know, oh, let's just let's just wait until yeah, it's time. I don't agree. I um, I think that the person. I don't want to minimise the kind of the traumatic nature of what you've just just described because obviously that's horrific. Mm. Um, I don't think it's as troubling, difficult as what uh, Hugh would have been going through. Well, particularly in like that statement, it sounds like he's been in hospital for quite quite some time. Um, would have been going through and my view on that would probably be that as a friend or a colleague of someone it's not your I wouldn't want to be putting additional pressure on that person um, I would I would be sort of I'd like to think and obviously I'm, I might not be able to if everyone was telling me that I was a nonce um, sort of be like well okay I, you know I'm gonna stomach this for a while because my mate has got far more on his plate and he doesn't need me sticking my oar in and telling him to do x y or z you're a better man than i <laughs> <laughs> um okay should we leave it there mm. anything else you'd like to say we've all stopped talking about that email haven't we yeah yeah we have yeah, yeah. let's stop talking about that email stop talking about boris johnson and the covid inquiry yeah and the strikes that are going on today yeah i mean i don't like i you know when everyone starts going like oh it's a dead cat it's a dead cat they want you to talk about it. it's like it's not fuck you're an, you're an idiot. But what, what do you think? You think Rishi Sunak is in control of this story? You think like yes. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, it is. I mean, it's just kind of it's. I think actually, you're right. Without wanting to, we said it, this conversation wouldn't take this long, but it's also a jumping-off point into a conversation about who we are as a society. That a story like this um, engrosses us and absorbs us far more than any of the actual quite naked political scandal that is running right now in the country mm -hmm. you know yeah a million people today 500 pounds extra they're going to pay a month on their mortgages what yep. are we talking about yeah 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 only fans <laughs> we've just done 20 minutes talking about it very good cool yeah but from our moral high ground exactly our high our, horse our self-aggrandizing if moral you high enjoyed horse. the horse <laughs> 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 um yeah like subscribe drop a comment and uh we'll see you on the next one cheers guys Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 